Somebody sent me this slide this week. So it says uh, Judas had the best pastor, the best leader, the best advisor, the best counselor, yet he failed. The problem is not the leadership or the church you go to. If your attitude or character doesn't change or your heart doesn't transform, you'll always be the same. Now, I don't put that out there to, as an excuse for not being a good leader. Um, I, I, but sometimes, you know, we do, we're looking for the perfect church and we think, well, if, it, if, we, if we don't like it, then somehow it's the church's fault, it's not our fault. We, we all are in the business of needing our hearts transformed more and more. So that uh, word is as much for me as it is for anyone else. So let's pray, shall we? Lord God, may our attitudes or character or hearts change as a result of a deep encounter with your living word this day, that we might better represent the Christ, the anointed presence of God. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's go into the next slide, Chris, on being salt and light. That's what we're thinking about today. Um, I'm not sure I've always appreciated the significance of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount as a provocative statement in direct opposition to the empire of the day, the Roman Empire. The things that he was saying were, were going to get him into direct trouble with the powers that be. The Roman Empire was, you know, like, like most powerful empires before it and since uh, ran on fear, on scarcity, and on violence in order to keep order. Just look at some of the administrations around the world at the moment, uh, how they run things. A lot of it is based on that same sense of fear, having to arm yourself against all these perceived threats that are out there. It's a dangerous world, and we need to pour more and more and more into defense spending billions and billions of pounds on weapons in order to keep us supposedly safe. I'm quite sure that God hates nuclear weapons. I'm quite sure that God hates weapons of destruction and isn't happy with the billions and billions of pounds that are spent defending ourselves when people can't get access to clean water. It doesn't seem right, and I'm sure that is not the kind of justice that God uh, asks us to commit our lives to. So I hope and pray that our government and the governments across the world will not be run on fear or scarcity or violence, and that we need to be ready to hold our politicians to account by reminding them of the necessity of truth compassion, integrity, and justice. Words which are engraved on the mace of the Scottish Parliament. Truth, compassion, integrity, and justice are supposed to be the foundations of government. And, and they've been claimed by the Scottish government as being the foundation of all that happens in politics in this country. We need to live out the politics of Jesus more and more today. That's what it means to be salt and light. So in contrast to worldly empires, Jesus sets out his manifesto of the kingdom of God, which is based on faith, abundance, sharing, and non-violence. 
rather than smite enemies, enemies are to be forgiven and loved. Rather than despise the poor, the poor are to be favored. Jesus makes it clear that what God approves of is poverty of spirit, being gentle and lowly, those who comfort mourners, those who hunger for justice, those who are merciful, those who are pure in heart, those who seek peace. Jesus knows that when people live out this manifesto, that they might well be mocked, persecuted, falsely accused because they are his followers. They might not even win a lot of votes in an election. Their politics might not be popular, but populism is not the point. There's something deep down, I believe, which convicts and convinces people to follow the way of Christ. It's what we've come to know as the resurrection power of Christ that worked through all of life. In every living being, even though it might lie dormant, waiting to rise up, waking to be awakened, eyes opened and ears unblocked. The Spirit of Christ empowers and inspires people to live like Jesus. That's why we are here today, I think. We're here today to celebrate that fact and to have the life power of Christ renewed in our lives so that we can keep on following in the way of Christ with our hearts transformed, our attitudes changed, and our character matured in the way of Christ. Well, I don't know about you, but that's certainly the way I want to live. I don't want to live any other way. And we need to live in such a way that we properly represent Christ, represent Christ. As Willie Barclay said in his commentary on this, Christ still needs his witnesses. He needs those who are prepared not so much to die for him as to live for him. I thought that was, I like that. It's the emphasis is on being how we live our lives as being witnesses to the way of Jesus. And I love the fact that Jesus called the people who came to him the salt of the earth. That was a huge compliment in those days. Maybe we wouldn't appreciate it so much today, but salt was certainly very highly valued in the ancient world. The Greeks called salt thion, which means divine. It was a precious material and often was used in economic transactions. Hence the phrase, a person being worth their weight in salt, describing how salt was often used as a payment for goods and services. So when Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth, he's saying that the people around him are precious, as, as in all people are precious. All people bear something of that divine image. And notice that Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth, full stop. He doesn't say, you are the salt of the earth if you follow me, or if you do good to your neighbor, or if you fill in the blank. You are the salt of the earth is a statement of fact that Jesus makes about those who are seeking to follow him without any condition. It's who you are. It's your DNA because Christ says so. And all things are made through Christ. As Paul says in Colossians chapter 1, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, 
and in him all things hold together. It's all things, all things created through him and for him. All things in him held together. So Jesus is speaking truth when he tells people how precious they are as being like salt. And as well as being precious, precious salt also suggests purity. In the ancient world, salt was seen as a pure product of sun and sea. And so Christians are expected to be examples of purity, to live with an integrity and honesty as much as they can. And preservative, salt also speaks of preserving. Salt preserves food, stops it from going bad. Christians must have what Willie Barclay said, a certain antiseptic influence on life. Do you think of yourselves as antiseptic? Um, to stop yourself going bad because you have the life of Christ dissolved in you, and also to stop others from going bad. So preserving. And then also, fourthly, the fourth thing about salt is that it adds flavor, adds flavor to life. Jesus added flavor to an otherwise bland religion, which was based on rule-keeping. And so Christians are called to do the same, bringing love and compassion and justice into all things. Well, according to Willie Barclay's commentary on this, this has not always been the case. Christians haven't always given a good witness. They haven't always added flavor to life. But in many, in many ways, they've taken flavor out of life. Here's what he says. In a worried world, the Christian should be the only man who remains serene. In a depressed world, the Christian should be the only man who remains full of the joy of life. There should be a sheer sparkle about the Christian, but too often he addresses like a mourner at a funeral and talks like a specter at a feast. Indeed, wherever he is, if he is to be the salt of the earth, the Christian must be the diffuser of joy. Now, the trouble with Willie Barclay is he sometimes makes me feel like I'm not good enough and there's so much more I've got to do. Um, and I don't want to give you that impression because I don't think that's the impression that Jesus gave his followers. He didn't want them to feel bad about themselves. He wanted to encourage them. He wanted to call out who they truly were as his people made through him and in his image. So it's because Jesus insists that we are the salt of the earth, that we are the salt of the earth as we are. And he knows better than me or better than Willie Barclay or anyone that our true essence is as bearers of God's image. Jesus knows that our true selves are hidden with Christ in God and he knows that it's our, selves that emerge, our true selves that emerge whenever we turn to Christ and go after God's kingdom, God's way of being in the world. Whenever we try to put into practice those beatitudes that Jesus speaks of in Matthew chapter 5, Whenever we try to make peace and, and to quell an argument, he knows that that is our true essence. That's what he's called us to do and to be. And yes, the Christ presence in people might be rejected as, as, as it has been rejected at times in my life. The Christ presence in me might be despised, ignored, unnoticed, lie dormant, even dead, but I know that Christ has the power of resurrection 
And so not even death can hold the Christ life back. And what about the light of the world? It's good how Jesus calls himself the light of the world in John's gospel. Then here in Matthew, he calls his followers the light of the world. It's an echo of God's call in Isaiah to the Lord's servant to be a light to the Gentiles. And Simeon's words to Mary and Joseph when Jesus is presented in the temple soon after his birth, he will be a light to the nations. And Paul uses the term a light to the Gentiles in Acts 13 and 26 as proof that the light of Christ is still shining and reaching out to the ends of the earth long after Jesus' death. The light is being carried by followers of Christ who now reflect the life and light of Christ into the world. We know that lights are meant to be seen and also to help us to see. Likewise, Christians are to live in a way as to be seen and to discover the way to go. So as Jesus puts it, let your good deeds shine for all to see so that everyone will praise your Father in heaven. Christians are known by their conduct. Our actions matter. How we treat others is important. How we speak to the people who serve us in the supermarket or in the hairdresser actually matters because people take notice. We are all adverts for Christianity in a way. We all represent Christ in our own way. And just as light is used as a guide, so our lives must make the way clear to others. As Willie Barclay put it, the world needs its guiding lights. There are people waiting and longing for a lead to take the stand and to do the thing which they do not dare by themselves. And let's remember that the point of our good deeds is not so that people would notice us and give us praise, but that they might give praise to God the Father in heaven for his love, which might just be revealed through our obedience to the Spirit's leading. Because that is our goal, to have God's love so dissolved in our hearts that we can't help but show love as Christ enables us. Jesus revealed the love of God as the way to fulfill the law of Moses and all the words of the prophets and to keep the commandments. It wasn't to abide by a list of rules, which was the trap that the Pharisees continually fell into, but it was to express the love of God through the frailty of our human lives. Jesus shows what's possible. The Christ life is now ours to live, and Christ is salt and light and is our center and our life. So perhaps our prayer to finish might be to ask ourselves, where is Christ moving us to be salt and light this week? Where can we add flavor to a relationship or bring light to a situation? And if we feel we're lacking, where might we find the salt we need or the light that will make clear a new way of seeing the world through the eyes? of Christ. Let's pray together. Thank you, God, for reminding us who we are, who we truly are, for calling out our true selves as bearers of your image, created in Christ and through Christ and for Christ. So, Holy Spirit, we pray 
shine through us and in us, continue to transform us, and continue to transform the world around us as we put our hope and our trust in you. And as we each do the unique things that you have called us each to do, the thing that nobody else can do, Lord, would you make that clear to us this week as you show us how to follow you and to be obedient disciples of Christ and of the kingdom of God. So equip us, O Lord, with everything that we need in order to do this, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.